Hello and welcome to episode number 79 of the Hobbies and Happiness podcast, where we talk about the hobby that makes us happy, tabletop gaming. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Jim. And today, we're talking with the creator of Alpha Clash TCG, Rich Kiley. All right, so uh, we've got another interview for you guys today. I'm excited to get into this, but before we get into it, we need to talk about our sponsor real quick, yes. Amazon Audible. If you head over to our affiliate link, www.audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness, sign up for your free 30-day trial of Amazon's Audible service. You can sign up, get a free book, a free audiobook added to your account. <laughs> uh, Jim, have you listened to anything in the past in the past week? Yes, so no I told you I signed up recently, yes. but didn't tell you what book I got. Okay. I got a Gary V. Crushing It book. Oh, yes. Which awesome. was the second one he did. I didn't realize he did two. He's done multiple books. Okay. Well, he has Crush It and Crushing It. Really? Yes. He okay. has two of them. Okay. I think yeah. one came out like 12 years ago and the other ago, one came yeah. out in 2018. Yeah. yeah. So listening to that, Gary Vee is just one of my and, favorite and, online and content creators. And Gary Vee is, is reading those books, right? Y- yes. 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 And it yes. is Gary Vee. So himself. it's not just him and Crushing It. Okay. He does have some other people that, have, okay. that were also fans of the first book and okay. kind of changed their life around in the second one. That's so he awesome. also has them narrating awesome. as well. Yeah, that that is awesome. Gary mm-hmm. V, um, honestly, is I'm not going to lie, guys. Gary V is like <laughs> the reason, part of the reason for Hobbies and Happiness. Yeah. Like, I'm, I mean, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Gary V has helped change so many people's lives. Mm-hmm. And honestly, guys, sign up for that trial and go get a go get a Gary V book. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you are at all on the fence about starting something for yourself, Gary V will push you Gary over v that. Gary V is all about positivity when it comes mm-hmm. to things. Absolutely. He says, ignore the haters, blah, blah, blah. And I think he would actually be pretty happy with the route we're taking things uh, with where we want it to go yeah. and how we're treating people and stuff. I so I think you'd like it right now. Gary V is on the board for dream <laughs> podcast guest. One day, uh, one day, one day you heard it here. We're putting it on the board right here. You just need right about a nine to 12 minutes of your time. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a full hour. Yep, you know? Right. Right. All right. But again, if you want to sign up for your free 30 day trial of Amazon's audible service, head over to our affiliate link, www.audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness. All right. So today we have another interview for you guys. Um, guys, this year has started off amazingly for the podcast. Yeah. Um, I really am loving the format that we're doing. Um, and we've got another great interview for you guys today. So today we <laughs> sit down with Rich Kylie. Rich Kylie is the creator of the Alpha Clash universe, and they have a TCG. And so we talk all about Ridge. We talk all about uh, the Alpha Clash universe, his, uh, his ideas, where the ideas came from. And then we talk a lot about obviously the trading card game right and so we're excited to get you guys into that uh talk uh but before we get into that talk jim i want to know real Uh quick what was one of your favorite parts about that interview oh man you know so i kind of really liked when he was expanding the universe and ideas that he plans on having when he talked about the board game he talked about the living card game he talked about the rpg and i'm just like that's uh, that's pretty good. Got and not to mention, goals. he makes it seem like he's going to have a live action like show Something. eventually. He's Something. like, I want to get on Netflix. I want to get on a Hulu. Yeah, he's yeah. he's making a really cool world for it. Yeah, yeah, it 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 does seem like it. So you know what? Let's just get right into that talk <laughs> to let everybody hear that interview. Spoilers. So yeah, all right, here <laughs> you go, guys. All right, today we are joined by Ridge. Kylie of Alpha Clash TCG. Rich, how are you doing today, sir? 
I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. How are you guys? I'm I'm doing good. J- Jim, how about you, man? How are you doing? Today's a good day. It's always a good day. Good day for it, me. It's uh, it's it's the it's the inside joke. So, Ridge. <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations! Congratulations on a successful Kickstarter for yeah. the TCG raised over four hundred and twenty thousand dollars nice. for Alpha Clash. Uh, how how does it feel finally being done with the Kickstarter? Yeah, it feels great. Uh, Kickstarters are quite the you know they're they're a beast of a project. It's it's mm-hmm. an evolving state an evolving project you know, you're constantly taking care of it like a baby and mm-hmm. you know, to be on the other side to be funded and um, to move into this manufacturing phase you know this is what we have been focused on for virtually about a year now so mm-hmm. um, to be on the other side of that we are we're ecstatic as a team and you know 420,000 raised and then we also had uh, almost 1300 backers so, you know, we feel really good about that number as well. And, uh, you know, now we're ready to move into that next phase, you know, getting the game launched and getting it out there, getting it into people's hands, playing the game and um, starting to scale the operations. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting and fun seeing Kickstarter projects go through. And there's and they're always like various sizes and various lengths like some you see are only active for like a month and you're saying this project was active for about a year is that correct so the the kickstarter project itself was 49 days okay Okay. gotcha Gotcha. yeah but we were just preparing for it for about a year sure Ah, sure understand so we did we did a longer campaign because we started on november 22nd and then because of the holiday season you know we thought hey if anyone wants to get in before Christmas time, uh, before mm-hmm. the holidays come up, you can get mm-hmm. in. Um, you know, if you spend a lot of money around the holidays, you can still recover on the back end because mm-hmm. the campaign ended on January 10th. Sure. Uh, yeah, January. Yeah, I'm pretty sure January 10th. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So we, we tried to give a little bit of wiggle room uh, and, you know, paid off. Sure. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. So, so Ridge, can you can you tell us about yourself? Uh, um, t- tell us a little a little bit about you, how you got started in the tabletop space, and uh, your experience in history with uh, TCGs and CCGs. Yeah. Um, so I grew up playing Magic. You know, I wasn't at the forefront. Not not everyone knew that I was a Magic the Gathering player. You know, <laughs> me and my friends, we played behind the scenes. At home, you know, couldn't wait to play on the weekends, you know, for hours and hours on end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we did that for years. Uh, and then, um, you know, went off to college, you know, was a collegiate athlete, kind of went that route. Uh, wasn't into TCGs at the time. Uh, and then as soon as I got more into my professional career post-college, um, you know, I was playing Dragon Ball Super and just got reinvigorated with playing TCGs again. And, you know, because of covid uh, when I, I was in Las Vegas at the time and, you know, the, the Dragon Ball Super community just shut down. It was, it was gone. And so I really wanted to fill that void. And what happened was because I didn't have a job, you know, I worked for Cirque du Soleil and being in Las Vegas, uh, you know, being the entertainment capital of the world, mm-hmm. uh, it was just shut down. And so mm-hmm. I had an idea all of a sudden one day um, and I called up a couple of friends and I said, Hey, you need to hear me out. I have a story. Uh, let's make, you know, let's, let's turn it into a comic. We can do games. We can do all these things. And, um, so that was about two years ago now. And so we've been working on the project as a whole for two years. And, um, you know, so my experience with, with TCGs really just goes back to magic roots. 
um, collected Pokemon as a kid in you know, third grade, fourth grade, um, loved that for many years. And then, um, you know, really got more competitive with Dragon Ball and that kind of sparked, you know, the spirit of trading card games for me. Mm. Wow. So, so did you play Pokemon when you collected them or did you just collect the cards because you liked the Pokemon? I had, I purely collected as a kid. I had no idea how to play the game. Thank Not, you. <laughs> no one knew how to play that game I back know, in the right? day. No one. <laughs> did, well, did you have any friends who knew how to play or was, was ever, were you all just collecting the cards? Yeah, I'm from small town Iowa. No one knew how to play that. <laughs> <laughs> and they referred to it as Pokemon. Pokemon. Well, yeah. you know what? That that is not all that uncommon yeah, no. or abnormal. I've heard a lot of people again when I was younger. Pokemon. My dad still does it. I'm like, Dad, it's been out for 25 years, man. It's been my entire life. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. So okay, so you, you touched on a little bit Magic dra- and Dragon Ball a little bit. Um, so yeah. you did you did play both of those games somewhat competitively, correct? Right. Yep. Okay. Uh, and Dragon Ball even more so, uh, okay. yeah, because had more, much more access in Las Vegas to a mm-hmm. much bigger community, uh, and also, you know, just having, you know, big regional tournaments and things like that there. <laughs> um, yeah, the Dragon Ball community for a long time was a very, very strong competitive environment there. Can, can you imagine the Dragon Ball community in Nevada or in Vegas being a whole lot bigger than Iowa? I mean, Iowa probably would have been like, I okay, like I'm, I'm. It sounds like I'm dumping on Iowa right now. Mm-hmm. I have family from Iowa, so mm-hmm. I'm allowed to do it. Okay? Oh right, I'm yeah, that's the rule. Okay? That's the rule. I my so my my dad actually grew up in Marshalltown. I, are you familiar with Marshalltown at all? Yep, it's about okay. an hour east of Ames, where I'm awesome. currently at. Okay. Also, I I I gotta apologize in advance. Um, uh, my dad, my dad's a huge Iowa Hawkeye fan. So, I, does that or is that does, is that offensive to you? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. We, we can we can roll with. That. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I I I had I had to get that out there mm-hmm. a little bit. So, um, all right. So before before I ask this next question, since we're kind of on the topic, Jim Jim, you you asked the question before I asked the one I wanted to ask. Okay, because yep. you were the one who pointed this out. Yeah. So, okay. 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 So, this next question that he's that we're about to ask, um, whatever your answer is, is really going to determine how, how the, the rest, rest of, of this conversation goes. So, uh, right. just be ready for it. Just be yeah, ready. Okay. Ready. All right. I'll let you ask. Okay. All right. So, um, what's your what's your favorite color combination or colors to play in Magic? In Magic, I mean, back yes. in the day i was an i was an artifact player yeah so it, okay. you know it was, it was okay yeah i pretty much ran artifacts i mean that was my so you played mud I mean, my, what's that <laughs> you played mud yeah exactly my prime <laughs> time was like you know when i really loved the game was mirrored in through fifth dawn okay, um, okay. i got okay, nervous yeah. when he said prime time yeah I got real nervous <laughs> yeah you did okay. uh, yeah when i was in what, what was that sixth grade or whatever yeah mm-hmm. uh, but no it was um I loved playing Affinity when that first came out. Yeah. yeah. So whether it was just blue, like blue artifacts or just pure yeah. Honor artifacts. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, I also just had some like rogue type decks that were like angels and demons, black, white, you know, just mm. extra planar lens, you know, just, okay. you know, throwing in things like that to just, uh, I don't know, do things that maybe weren't super meta, but were just really right. fun to play. Right. Right. Yeah. So do you have a favorite color or combination in it or no? 
Oh man. Um, I mean, for a long time, I just liked black, you know, just destroy okay. mechanics. Okay. Yeah. Mechanics. Yeah. 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 So I get that. All right. Perfect. All right. All right. That's we're what we like we're to good. hear. Yeah. That's what I like as to hear. As long as it's Jim's like, as long as it's not green. I was like, say anything about green. I'm getting up and leaving. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, now, time Elvish Piper was, you know, yeah, pretty, pretty strong, you know, things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't really a green player. Uh, oh man! All right. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm what's about. really bad is it, it was either black or blue or a mix of you know like white and black or nice all right yeah that's fair that's fair cool now do you do you keep up with the um the dragon ball meta anymore because it's i mean it sounds like you know you haven't really touched magic in a while or for the most part but do you really keep up with the dragon ball meta at all out of curiosity i had kept up with dragon ball all the way until about set 12 and then i stopped playing around set 12 and then um yeah was more on the collecting side after that mm, so okay. it's it's been a while since i've done the the dragon ball meta because i had started at the beginning with dragon mm-hmm. ball and made it all the way through the first 12 sets uh where i really loved you know set four was you know my favorite what set are they on now I I, no that idea. i don't know i'm not sure i'm not we're not really clearly they're, we're not yeah. heavy into uh dragon ball super at all yeah they're on the the zenkai series i know that they added some new mechanics that okay. change the game, and I, I think players really love it, but I'm not too familiar with it anymore. So okay. why did you pick up Dragon Ball then? What what it drew was, you to it? Yeah, it was that's a good question. Honestly, I had just seen a video online, and I thought, wow, Dragon Ball plays, you know, kind of like Magic, um, mm-hmm. you know, but different. And so, you know, being a Dragon Ball fan, uh, you know, my whole life, um, I was just like, I got to try it out. And so... Uh, when I looked up, you know, just Dragon Ball Las Vegas at, you know, I, we play games West, you know, I went over there, they had pretty much every product you could get. <laughs> and so I just, you know, hopped in, people were playing at the time. I said, Hey, you know, I just bought a starter deck. Can you show me how to play this game? And they did. And then they like, these guys just gave me a bunch of cards. Um, <laughs> you know, they're like, Hey, take all this. And I was like, this is super cool. So yeah. yeah, it was, it was kind of random how I fell into Dragon Ball. I wasn't it looking was Dragon Ball. Super cool. Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> all right. I'm sorry. But I'm t- Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Um, okay. So, so you didn't really touch on your resume a lot, but, um, you know, I was going, I was going through kind of your resume and whatnot. And a lot of your history seems to be, cause you talked about Cirque, Cirque du Soleil. Um, in like the strength and conditioning, because you were a big wrestler from 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 uh, from everything that I'm seeing. Um, yep. So so you go from like athletics, right? Um, like s- seemingly like hardcore co- competitive athletics, right? Into into the entertainment and tabletop space. Like how how was that transition? Because you're it, it seems like you're going from you're like doing a complete 180. You're going from these athletes to <laughs> A bunch of nerds who sit sit at a table, and you know, again, again, I'm saying this to me, okay? I'm, but that's okay. Go ahead. No, it, it's it's a good point. You know, it, it's funny because gaming was always a big part of my life. You know, you yeah. and because in college athletics, you train all the time. In your downtime, for me, it was mm-hmm. you know Halo. Halo was my outlet nice. to get yeah. you know you know that plug, and so gaming was always just you know that other side of my life that I had, you know, train, 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 relax, play video games, you know, enjoy that. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, card games. So, um, transitioning to 
you know, just doing this full time and, you know, running, you know, like an entertainment company through cards and comics and things like that. Yeah. The, the work pace itself isn't as active, but it was always a passion that I had. Um, but you know, it was, it was certainly a, it was certainly a transition. That's for sure. Uh, you know, cause you know, it's super active for, you know, eight plus hours a day. Now it's a lot of desk work. So it's like building in, you know, that activity. Um, but now I get my plug of, you know, gaming pretty much all the time. Right. Right. So, so one other thing that I, I feel like these two, um, kind of industries and even your experience, like kind of share is, is competition, right? Um, I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Like your history? Cause, um, your brother is part, is part of the company, uh, I believe. Is that correct? Yep. So, so I feel like you and I are kind of cut from the same cloth because like for me, again, like in, in high school and then growing up, it was, I was always involved in some sort of competition, mm-hmm. whether that be sports, um, uh, like board game, anytime, like everything was always a competition to mm-hmm. me. Right. What did you play in, uh, in high school, college? Um, in high school, I played soccer and basketball. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, the soccer doesn't count, but go ahead. <laughs> Is that why you asked me that? Just to get that out there? Okay. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm just messing with. I'm just messing. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. So, so where where does like your um, history of competition come from? Like, is that are are you and your brother like super competitive w- with one another? Um, did you is is like is there a big thing within your family of competition? Um, but uh, can you just touch on that? Like, wh- where did that sense of competition come from? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you bring up a good point, you know, with all that. So are, are we competitive? Yes. My brother and I are so competitive. <laughs> we hate to lose more than we like to win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. so yeah, I mean, growing up, it was always a competition, you know, he's four years older than me, but it didn't matter, Boy, you know, it was, yep. it was cards and all that. And then, so what's great about, you know, the gaming world is you can still plug in and compete pretty much mm-hmm. instantaneously or, right. you know, um, even casually just with family and you know, all that. But, um, it always offers another form of competition. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's really a, you know, a, a battle of, of the minds, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. uh, yeah, just obviously my brother was older, bigger, stronger, etc. So how could I compete with him? All right, let's, you know, let's play magic or let's play this game <laughs> or, you know, whatever it was. Uh, so yes, very competitive. And so that, that's also what, what really complements this whole thing. It's, it's a competitive drive and, and, you know, just to be competitive in the space, Mm -hmm. uh, is a driving force for me, uh, you know, up on my, up on my board, you know, I have goals, uh, you know, still, I take those, uh, philosophies from athletics that I grew Mm -hmm. up with my whole life, very goal oriented, um, Mm -hmm. you know, very driven, and still apply those same things, apply the same exact work ethic. Uh, but now it's just in a, in the business world instead of, mm-hmm. you know, taking it to, you know, the wrestling mat or what have you. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so my son, um, you know, we talked before the call, like about, about our kids, right. My son is like a split, a spinning image of me. Okay. I got a text today from my wife, uh, basically saying my son was playing tic-tac-toe. He lost and everybody knew he lost. He lost it and he was so mad and so angry. So I text my wife and I'm like, 
sorry, because I know exactly where it comes from. I know it's on me. So I'm like, I'm sorry. That that's 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 on me. I'm, I apologize for that. So it's continuing in in the next generation. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have a feeling Ridge is going to continue in your next generation too. It, it is. My, my son hates losing. He hates not being able to do something, uh-huh. and I can just see myself in yep. him. I don't uh, I didn't get that trait from my father, so I don't know. No, <laughs> I, no. don't, I don't yeah. mind losing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. So, so okay, so Rich, you know, we just talked about that, right? And you, and you touched on you're very goal oriented. What are some things that you learned uh, growing up in the competitive athletic space that um, that you're trying to translate over into the tabletop space and a competitive card game? Uh, can you touch? Can you touch on some of those? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. It, work ethic is is one thing that you just learn in sport. You know, um, right? You you definitely increase your chances of having success if you do all the right things. It doesn't guarantee success, but what it does, it gives you a better chance at setting yourself up for success. And so mm-hmm. that's that's what that's a principle that I take into account every day. You know, I get up, I say, what could I be doing that is going to impact you know my family, my future, this company, and things like that. And so. Um, you know, that's one thing and being goal oriented, I have goals on my board every day. It's, it's daily tasks. And then it's banner goals. You know, one of my big banner goals, it's lofty, but it says dethrone magic the gathering. That is, <laughs> that is the goal. Uh, good luck. You know, a, good luck. Good that's luck. That's a big mountain. That, that is. That's a big it mountain. Is, that is. But I don't, I don't mind sharing those goals because yeah. Yeah. I've climbed big mountains in sport. People have told yeah. me, no, you can't do that. And yeah. I figured out a way to prove them wrong. Or sometimes you get proven wrong and then you have to find a way to innovate, keep, yeah. you know, keep pushing, find a new way, find a new challenge, find a new goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but you definitely have to aim high because what I don't want to do is just aim low. Right. And then you know, right. if you hit that, you're like, okay, great. Uh, you aim high. And if, you know, let's say you become the number two game and you're like, oh, I didn't reach my goal. Shucks. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, no, it's still it's still rel- uh, relative, right? So aim high. Come on, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know that is the mindset, and right. so um, it's I can't turn that off. It's it's yeah. who I am. I don't like to lose, you know, as we've talked about, right. and right. you know it's um, it's just something that is innate in me that has not only been trained, but I feel like I also have some of those uh, intrinsic qualities too. Right. So what what did it feel like putting that goal on your on your board of dethrone Magic the Gathering? Like that like you had to feel something like p- putting that goal on your board. Cuz that's huge. Like that's a that's a that's a big goal. Right? And it's definitely not like a oh, do it in 1 year. It's like hey, in 10 <laughs> right. years, can you can you do it? Right. You know? Right. I say, well, at some point someone does it. 100 mm-hmm. years from now, someone is probably the new number one trading card game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So who, who is that? Right. So, um, if you know, uh, why not, why not me? Uh, but yeah, right. it, it felt good. You know, I, when I write that up there, I don't write those things in vain or as, you know, just empty, you know, like wishes it's right. no, I'd look right. at that every day. And if, you know, you're feeling like not doing something, look at that and think, mm-hmm. are you going to achieve that goal? If you are not doing, you know, X, Y, Z, and doing all these other things that are going to help you get there. Um, so 
Yeah. I mean, and then there's of course, small goals and, you know, but we call right. those our big, hairy, audacious goals or BHAGs. Uh, and so we, we've got multiple as a team and then, you know, multiple, you know, just for myself as well. So, you know, what is one year, five years, 10 years look like, um, at each stage? How often, how often do you as a team go over all those goals and review them with one another? Do you do that like weekly? Is that a monthly thing quarterly? And how, like, how often do you think is a good uh, amount of time for a team to go over and reevaluate their goals as you know, time goes on? Yeah. So we, we meet weekly just so everyone's on the same page with just general banner goals. Hey, what's the week look like the month and, you know, kind of the quarter. Um, and then I would say monthly, we really recap on, Hey, you know, like let's, let's get a fresh set of eyes on, you know, what this forecast looks like for, you know, the next year, you know, what all needs to happen for these things to take place. And so, yeah. Um, in terms of like goal setting, uh, we definitely don't do goal setting as a team weekly, but what we do is we do, uh, you know, kind of banner goals. I think everyone knows the banner goals. Um, but what we do is just refresh, Hey, this is, this is what needs to get done, you mm -hmm. know, et cetera. So right. from a team perspective, that's a good point. Hey, we should be having, you know, maybe more talks about, are, are we all on the same page? What's the banner goal? What's the, mm -hmm. you know, this, that, whatever. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just even as kind of the leader of the team, if you will, um, the one kind of leading the charge and, and kind of creating this this uh, this plan, a strategic plan, um, you know, how do we get there? And so, you know, I'm certainly setting goals there and then the team's helping achieve there. But um, yeah, setting goals is definitely one thing that just it has to get done. Right. I feel I feel like it being January, the start of the year is, you know, when a, a lot of people start talking about goals. Mm -hmm. But then once you hit February, you know, you've got people just start to fall off, yeah. you know, and we because we've talked about in the past couple of weeks, you know, how we're both excited and yep. setting our own goals. But um, like it's, it's always good to, you know, keep those goals at the forefront of your mind to, you know, keep that keep those in mind. And, you know, because you, know, you always want to keep that not necessarily out of reach, but just in your mind's eye. So you know what you're working towards. Mm -hmm. um, another word that comes to mind, synergy. You know, we talk about synergy all the time in card games, right? But like, it's really important even even within teams, teams oh, itself, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So uh, Ridge, one thing I wanted to ask you. So, you know, talking about competitive ath athletes, right? Are competitive card game players that much different from competitive athletes? What do you think? Uh, I would think that their training regimen is a little different. Um, <laughs> although, <laughs> not a dig, but it's true. <laughs> you, know, being, I, you know, being in the industry, you know, ten thousand uh, card draws. <laughs> I can't say from a a relative repetition standpoint, it's probably very similar. Yeah. You know, you're 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 watching video, you're you're doing your research. You know, you're looking at what your opponents are doing or you're, you're getting inspiration from, you know, these other things you are putting in your reps, you know, your people will play for hours and hours and hours on end. Mm -hmm. Their minds will be locked into how can I be the best? What is the best combination? They can't sleep. They can't stop thinking about it. Um, there's a lot of similar qualities, but it, it just, it looks different. Like how is it applied? Mm -hmm. Um, because you have to be in the greatest shape ever to, you know, do you need, do you, do you need to be able to do a marathon? Uh, no, 
You need to be able to do a marathon that's relative to the card tournament event, right? You need to stay engaged mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of, from a performance science side of things, they're doing a ton of research into um, video game players, right? Mm-hmm. Because, and th- what they do is they do strength and conditioning. They do things like that, that, you know, mm-hmm. you would think wouldn't affect you. But what, what you find is, hey, if you're able to control your heart rate and things like that, you're actually going to be impacting your performance positively, you know, when mm-hmm. things start to get pretty heated. So there are mm-hmm. things from a performance side of things, you know, just being a strength coach and, you know, that kind of thing um, that you can do that affect you, maybe not for just having general endurance for playing cards, but can you stay mentally um, engaged and sharp during that whole time? There's definitely things that you can do or, um, you know, if you can control your heart rate, that is beneficial for, you know, uh, heated moments in, you yeah. know, gameplay. Because I know just as players, like, there's times, you know, you're playing and you know, your heart rate starts to flutter because, uh, uh-oh, you know, they played this or I drew this or I didn't draw this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of similarities. Obviously, they're different. But really, if you, if you compare, you know, apples to oranges, it's – it looks similar in terms of what it takes to be the best. Yeah. 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 When, when you do something, you know, your heart rate goes up and then you're, you're you, certainly you're not going <laughs> to shuffle your hand into your deck. Right. That's definitely not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did that. <laughs> All right. Now, now the real question, the real question, um, I, I think, I think he's going to know, right. Can e can esports and competitive card games be classified as sports? That's a tough we, one. We had, yeah. we had a whole discussion about this. <laughs> right, it's, it's hard. Um, yeah, I have I have mixed thoughts on that because mm-hmm. sport, in essence, to me is you know true. Uh, I think f- physical, you know, contests that occur, mm-hmm. but. Right. Um, the world of sport is evolving. And so if it's a battle of the minds and you know what, all that, I I don't mind, you know, kind of throwing it into the pool. It's interesting to throw it into the pool of like, Hey, uh, an NFL game or, you know, the world league of legends championships or whatever. Right. It's, (laughs) uh, it's interesting to compare them like that, but at its core, it's still peak performance, right? It's the best of the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, 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 so I, now I want to really like start, start to really dive into Alpha Clash here a little bit. But, um, so where, where did the initial idea of the Alpha Clash universe come from? Um, can you, can you touch on that for us? Absolutely. So what happened was, um, you know, I was watching my son at home full time during the pandemic and my buddy just texted me one day and said, Hey, you need to download this game. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I don't know when I'll have time to play it, but yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, and it was, it was like Fortnite, but it was, uh, like sorcery type, um, uh, oh, theme. We have like the two elementals in each hand. Right. And it's like yes, the casting yes. spells. I, yeah, I don't I know why I'm on the name yeah. of it right now. It's but our, both, both of us are yeah. too. <laughs> I know. I know. Which one <laughs> we know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. It was, it was fun. Um, but within about 10 minutes, I had just an idea of what if you did, superheroes in a, in a, like a hunger Games setting. Right? Mm-hmm. right. And then from there it just took off. And I had this, I had, I mean, I had to write everything down cause it was just like, 
I wasn't even thinking of anything. These ideas were just coming to my mind. And so, um, two of, two of the, two of my business partners, um, you know, I called them up and said, Hey, you know, just hear me out. One of them, an artist. So he drew, you know, uh, and did the sketches and things like that. And then the other one, uh, is a head coach for Cirque du Soleil for acrobatics. And he's one of those guys who's got over 10,000 comic books. He's got a you know, creative writing degree. He just is, he's the guy to know, like, you know, we would go to Marvel movies and he's like, oh yeah, you know, the comic series from, you know, this, 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 this is the storyline that happens right. and he'll right. tell you everything. And you're like, oh wow. Okay. Um, but you know, I called him and, and, you know, he became the writer of the series and we actually just wrapped up our first book. You know, it's 160 mm. plus thousand words, which is about the size of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, wow. And I can tell you it's, it's action packed. It's awesome. Um, it, it, to me, it checks all the boxes of being funny, but not over the top, uh, action, but not just pure action, character building, you know, just all the, the elements that work well, you know, like we drew inspiration from Marvel and Dragon Ball and, you know, just all these things with, you know, character development and themes and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how it started was just playing a video game with a friend. And then all of a sudden it just kind of like hit me like an epiphany. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really how the alpha Clash universe was born. So, so you just touched on inspiration a little bit. Um, I do have a, I have a question written right here. I, I said, I see some inspiration from the boys. I look at Magnate and I see Homelander. Is that, is that intentional or like, was that purely coincidental? And I think it's more visual too. Yeah. I haven't seen the boys. Uh, so okay. it was coincidental, Okay, but, uh, a lot of people have made that connection. And okay. so it, and it's a very popular series. So I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, what I do know is that it's more PG 13 rather it's than more R it's, 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 it's way more R than it's, it's past PG 13. I'll tell you no, that. Alpha Clash is, yeah. Oh, understood. Understood. My, my fault. Yeah. I gotcha. Alpha Clash is more PG 13 compared gotcha. to the boys. Compared um, to the boys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I don't think so, I don't think you can get any higher. Uh, higher being a very relative, but more uh, we'll say we'll say more graphic than the boys. So that that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, and also you know I think it was during the pandemic that Invincible came out too. Oh, that's and at the time, I remember just thinking, I want to do that. You know, I yeah. want to turn the story into live action of some sort, right? So mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it was you know Invincible. Um, you know, Marvel, DC, Dragon Ball, all these things that were inspiring, but then seeing how the streaming platforms really took off, just like an internal goal was, I want that. I want my story on the mm -hmm. screen somehow. Mm -hmm. And you know, how do we do it? I don't know. Let's, let's, let's work a way to, you know, try to get there. So it sounds like the idea was like an entire universe uh, like an, and maybe this is the wrong classification, but uh, an entire media universe, right? So where yep. did where did a TCG then come from? Like, if that initial idea was this story, this universe, why do a TCG then? It's a good question. So, I mean, being a Dragon Ball player, thinking, oh, I, you know, I can build a game off of this, and really, what we wanted to do was offer the story through multiple mediums. And so if you like comics, cause you're not really a reader, but you like, you know, the graphics, 
Good. We want to do that. If you're a reader, but you're not really into comics or games. Okay. We'll give you a book. <laughs> if you want to consume the story via playing a game. Okay. We're going to give you a trading card game. Oh, I'm not into trading card games. Okay. We're going to give you a tabletop game. Um, you know, and so we kind of built out, uh, you know, a rollout schedule for just mm -hmm. telling the story and supporting the story in, in all these different ways. The TCG was pretty early. We started working on the story first, just saying, okay, do we have a concept that we like? Do we like the characters? Do we like where this is going? And about just a few months in, it was like, okay, I, I can build a game off of this. I, mm -hmm. I, I have it in my head, you know, I'll start to get to work. So yeah, it, it, that, the TCG started fairly early, but at its core, it started with the story. We needed the lore. Now, my understanding is you guys are also working on a board game that's coming at some point. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Can you tell us anything yeah. about the board game? Uh, okay, so what I can say, we do have uh, – it's it was a board game. Now it's more tabletop game, so not card game, tabletop game. Uh, and then now we're exploring – um, a new franchise to add to, you know, the Rising Empire Studios banner. That would be more the kind of the LCG type route. Ooh, and okay. then, um, yep. And then, uh, yeah, we are also exploring kind of role-playing games as well. Uh, so, yeah, we've got some things in the pipeline. And the only thing that's stopping us from doing it is just like the team and the time. Uh, you know, and so it's just kind of a rollout schedule. Okay, we're, we're doing this. And as soon as we get to this point, we have the funding and the manpower to do this mm -hmm. now. And so, you know, it's all written out as a, as a rollout plan on paper. Even, you know, we have a public rollout plan, but we also have a private rollout plan of, okay, this is what we really want to do. <laughs> um, so, yes, we are, uh, we're working on that. Uh, what I can say about the, the tabletop game, I was asleep. And I just woke up at like three in the morning one day and I was, I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to write this down. And it just kind of hit me and, you know, I wrote it down and I've been really excited about it for a long time. So I, I hope that it's as good as what I can see in my mind it being, mm -hmm. but right now we have the, you know, the base prototype built and now we're just trying to see if the mechanics are fluid and then continue to build on, you know, making it more viable with like, just fun playability, fun mechanics, right. et cetera. Right. Are you the type of person who has a uh, notebook on your bedside table so when you get hit with stuff like that, you can immediately write it down? Or do you have to get up and then search for a, search for a notebook? Yeah, I had to get up. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But and what's funny is, you know, I've, I've now said, oh, I had this idea that just kind of hit me. I am not the type of person that's like got all these, you know, really cool fantasy you know, fiction ideas. These have just been almost two happenstances that just like hit me. And then it was like, Oh wow. Okay. I, I'm going to run with this. <laughs> well, from the conversation, it sounds like, you know, he's got all these ideas. Yeah. They hit him all the time. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know, right? Have a little notebook in your back pocket. Well, the people who do that, like, yeah. like people do that. And that's, and that's not a bad habit yeah, to no. get into. Like for people I, listening, that's not a bad idea to do. Like, especially if you know, this just stuff just happens yeah. randomly. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. all right, why not? Yeah. Or now, now it's just your phone. Now yeah. it's your phone. You pull up notepad and you've, you got all your notes there. It's mm -hmm. really nice. Mm -hmm. Now, Ridge, one thing that I've seen is when you're, when you explain the game and the universe, you, you tend to talk about a cross between, uh, uh, Hunger Games, and what was the other thing you, you, you'd you compared it to? Superheroes. 
Okay. Okay. So I would Hunger Games. Watered down version. If okay. I explain it to someone, you know, they say, oh, what's it like? I'm like, Hunger Games superheroes. I'm like, oh, okay. 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 Did you just, did you, did, like, was that a purposeful, uh, like, thing, inspiration? Or did, throughout the course of coming up with the, the lore and the story, you just kind of made that connection just to help explain to people? Yeah, Hunger Games wasn't the, it wasn't like I watched Hunger Games and then thought, oh, I'm just going to do that with superheroes. Right. What happened was thought of the story and then thought, oh, you know, I, it's, it's not like Hunger Games, but, you know, I guess if you're going to force these people to fight, Right. Then, you know, it's kind of like that. So sure, sure, sure. That makes sense. Now, okay, so so we're talking inspirations, right? So when we talk about inspirations for the TCG, um when you design the game, um, like what were some inspirations that you drew from that? Um and the reason, well, quite a few reasons we're asking, right? But um, when I'm looking at how to play this game and I'm trying to make connections for myself just to mm-hmm. help me, because, you know, for the most part, when um, when anyone's playing a new game, right, you take what you know to try to help you understand the game better, like get you from from a noob to, you know, know how understand how everything works quicker. And I think that's how everyone's mind essentially works. <laughs> right. So for me, when I looked at it, I saw Commander and then I saw Ashes um, those are the two things, and and Pokemon as well. I saw a little bit of Pokemon with, with the Clash Ground, right? Clash Ground. So, like, what were some inspirations that you drew from the TCG side and the game mechanics? Yeah, I like to you know tell people that there were really five main inspirations. You know, magic. It was it's hard to not be inspired by that because it mm, kind of right. laid the foundation of just all you know, hey, all you know, turning the card sideways, having yep. text, you know, abilities on cards, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Ball, of course, Yu-Gi-Oh with traps. Mm, um, yes, yeah. you've you activated know. my trap card, yeah, Dan. Yep. yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Hearthstone. Hearthstone okay. is is uh, mixed in there, and then there's a little bit of old school World of Warcraft as well. So, uh, and then I would say, okay, so you could say Pokemon because of the clash right. ground. Now what's really funny. I, I didn't play Pokemon and I was telling someone, I thought of this brand new mechanic. No one got it. <laughs> and they go, you know, that's a Pokemon stadium card. I said, you got to be kidding me. I yeah. said, no way. Yeah. And so, um, that's, but, that's well, always cool though. Like, that's yeah. really cool. Like if you come up with that and then, and then you come to find out like one of the biggest card games in the entire <laughs> world already has a mechanic like that. Yeah. I think you're onto something. Yeah. I mean, that is probably a good thing then, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was good. It was like, okay, well I, it's, it's different. Cause I guess the, uh, apparently most of the stadium cards help the person that, you know, yes. played it where this right. is kind of like, it's just a field effect. Right. Um, right. And then, you know, Isn't that how Yu-Gi-Oh! Field spells used to be as well? It would help both people in case if they had specific monsters on it. I've I've been told by Yu-Gi-Oh! players that the game also reminds them of old school Yu-Gi-Oh! So yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't right. play Yu-Gi-Oh! It was like Pokemon was oh, cool, okay. and then when I got old enough, it was like no, Yu-Gi-Oh! is not cool, right? You know, I was just like just old it enough. was always cool. <laughs> it was always cool. <laughs> That's good. Um, okay, well, like that—that's a funny thing about the clash gun. I do like that. That's that's pretty cool. I, to be honest, though, if that happened yeah. to me, I'd be like, okay, well, then that cements it in my mind that mm-hmm. this is a good idea. Yeah, right. I'm keeping it. <laughs> right. And I'm just gonna pretend that they didn't have the idea before mm-hmm. I did. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. 
So, so what would you say is like the, your elevator pitch for alpha clash TCG? Why should somebody like, why should an experienced card game player pick up alpha clash instead of all these other card games, or maybe not instead of, but why should they play alpha clash? Like, don't get me wrong. Like this game looks awesome, but like, what would be your pitch to somebody to get them to play the game? It's familiar, but refreshing. You're going to be able to pick up the mechanics and you'll, you'll feel like, oh, you know what? I've done this before, but I haven't done it like this yet. And so our, our you know, idea was to take what works and just streamline it. What Figure out, okay, what do these games do well? But also, like, what are some clunky or things that if you could change, what would you just tweak a little bit? And so we feel like we just streamlined those, you know, interactions and gameplay. So instead of like, just like the stack and magic on our cards, it says, Hey, you can play this card at this specific time. Instead of just saying, Oh, it's an instant. Um, no, it's a counterplay. And it says, play this card when, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we really just kind of made it a little more simple and not confusing of when can or when can't you play these things. Um, okay. So, each, so yeah, card, that, each card, each card can only be played at one specific point in the game, right? Pretty much, you know. So if it's a quick action, it can be a counterattack, but it can also be a counterplay. Um, mm-hmm. And then it really just says in the text, like, "Oh, do it," you know, at this time, or it has this effect when you do that. So could it also yeah, be really played. Just, could it also be played kind of like a sorcery as well, or is it specifically has to be played at those times? Those are called basic actions. Okay. Yeah, so a basic action would be like a sorcery during your turn. Okay. And then a quick action would be either a counterplay or a counterattack um, type action. And then your okay. traps work like either counterplays or counterattack. Uh, so right. they are, they're, they're considered, uh, they're categorized as traps, but they have the keyword text on them as counterattack or counterplay. Gotcha. Okay. And then we typically, we, what we did is we, with traps, we made them stronger than cards from hand, because if you're willing to put it down on the field and get it destroyed, it just has to have a little bit more, you know, Mm -hmm. um, worth to it. Right. Okay. Right. Awesome. What's been the feedback like from play testers? Um, people love this game. So, so far, um, you know, um, we've been going into game stores you know, and uh, with game stores, it's a hard pitch, you know, Oh, you know, there's a game. Oh, it's on Kickstarter. Oh, and then when you play, <laughs> it, when you, play it, you know, so far 50% of those stores have bought on the spot. Wow. So, wow. um, that, you know, seems we've been like, that seems like a high percentage, yeah, it does. doesn't it? It does. It, yeah, it, for sure. Cause to me, I'm like, yes, I know. I'm sure you get this all the time. <laughs> oh, there's a local person that has yeah. an idea or a game. Um, Yes. We've seen a million Um, of those. (laughs) Right. And so um, we've actually been doing the playtesting internally for a long time and just have been taking a ton of time to just smooth it out. And by the time we launch it, it'll be just completely ironed out. And so what we've had Mm -hmm. is over time, promo cards that have had certain text and then it gets changed. And, you know, even the rule book as, you know, we did one last revamp, no cards have changed. Uh, Well, I guess we, we touched a, a few cards just before we went to print. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, just making sure everything is ironed out by the time we actually launch, you know, just kind of taking that year of learning and just fixing and getting it right. But I would say the feedback by and large is people are excited about this game. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, when they actually see the 
uh, set in its entirety, they get even more invigorated about it because what we did was we, we made deck building, um, I don't know if more fun is the right word, but just more flexible. We made it more flexible. So what we did is we took affiliations. So if they have, if they're an alpha or a rogue, or, you know, we have one of six affiliations. Discarded the harbinger. Yep. Harbingers, the discarded, the progenitors. Um, yeah, you Jim, can run, Jim likes those ones. I already got my two he favorites. Already got his two favorites. <laughs> nice. Uh, you can run affiliations or maybe you like to run colors and you're not focused on affiliation. Maybe you run blue Ooh. and it's alphas and rogues, right? Um, or maybe you run just rogues and it's just pure monocolor or multicolor, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, your contender is also going to influence the way that you deck build. So maybe you like to run a white contender, but you run like um, black red. Um, maybe they don't synergize perfect, but with the deck strategy, maybe it works really well. Um, we also have keyword names on the cards. So if it's magnate, you know, uh, as we build more sets in the future, magnate cards get, you know, fill in the blank. So maybe you like to run a magnate deck because you're a big fan of him in the comic or whatever. Uh, and then we have planet. So as the story expands, uh, there will be planets. So uh, all Earth's clash cards get this benefit or this debuff or something like that. So we built in from from the get go kind of a long term plan of how can we build in, you know, more playability and flexibility and play styles when, you know, just building all these diverse cards that may or may not mesh, but you can find a way to put them into your deck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you know so how many how many sets per year do you guys plan on launching yeah we'll do three main sets per year starting next year so we'll have two sets this year we have set number one the kickstarter wave releases in may we okay. are going worldwide with distribution in july and then in november set number two releases and that's called clash grounds uh and what i can say about set number two we have a mechanic of the game that we're holding off because we don't want to we don't want to release it at the start and kind of confuse people and all those things. But uh, set number two is going to introduce a new mechanic that definitely isn't hasn't been done yet um, that we have seen in card games that's really fun and interactive, but doesn't ultimately change the game. It's just a really new thing that is going to be what we think is fun, and the second set is just going to kind of open up the meta and make it really diverse. Uh, we just introduce, you know, five more contenders, um, you know, more affiliations, you know, you're adding 130 roughly cards to the card pool, et cetera. So, you know, we've got, um, you know, a lot of plans for that, but we actually have, we're testing set two, set three is already built, set four is almost done being built. And so, um, you know, we're <laughs> just, you're, you're, you know, ahead, you're, you're ahead of the gear, like right on top of it. Holy cow, <laughs> this is awesome. They gotta be. Yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> and and you sure. know what? again, you know, you go back to, um, you know, like I said, Oh, I had this idea and I don't do that all the time. I had another idea for set four, super excited. Can't he wait to release. All the time. Yeah, come on. <laughs> what, what he's had like, like oh, four I ideas in the last year, Dan. Okay. In the last year, he's had four ideas in the last like 20 minutes. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah, so set four, super, uh, fun thing that I'm excited about where each set really introduces just a lot of, um, just unique gameplay, but also things that are familiar. So for example, uh, in the first set, we introduce red, it does direct damage. We call it non-clash damage. 
like, oh, okay, typical red. Of course. But, but we actually took a spin on it. And so we related it to the character named Torque. Torque in the story can absorb all types of energy. And so Ooh. what you do is you ping your contender and you start buffing up your guys, or maybe you buff up your <laughs> contender by doing self-inflicting damage yeah. um, and things like that. So we kind of took a, a classic mechanic and we spun it. And, you know, what we do with red, the next set and the next set, okay, we we think this is new. We don't know if this has been done before like this. And so we just keep finding ways to, I don't know, make it fun, familiar, mm -hmm. but also refreshing. I mean, that's really the the goal is to just not go too far off the beaten path, but mm -hmm. still make it something that people are coming back like, oh, you know, I really like this because, you know, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So um, you, you said you're introducing a new mechanic in, in the second set. You're introducing this new mechanic called. No, okay. I tried. All right. Understood. I tried. All right. We tried people <laughs> we, at home. We tried. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, huh, should I say anything? You know, let's just give him time, Dan. Let's, let's give him let's time. Let's give him time. <laughs> the floor is yours. Oh, um, deck sizes. Out of curiosity, what are deck sizes like? Well, you don't just ask about people's deck size, Dan. <laughs> that is a very personal question. It is a very question. personal question. I know. Uh, 50 <laughs> cards. Okay. okay. 50 cards plus one contender, so 51. Okay. okay. And then you get 10 as a sideboard. Okay. okay, cool. Okay. How many, how many uh, uh, formats did you guys come up with initially of how to play the game? Initially, we had released, um, or we had just came up with about four formats. What we're going to do to start is focus on just 1v1 right. and then roll out more formats in a competitive sense and give more support for that. So, um, yes, we do have, we, we already know how those are going to play out, but what we want to do is give support to those instead of just saying, hey, guys, if you want to play the game like this, you know, you can't. Um, now you, you can do that. You know, you can easily just do a free for all right now because everyone would know how to play the game. You could play it. Um, hmm. but what we want to do is actually give support for that. And so, um, you know, going back to how many sets a year, we want to do three main sets, but we also want to do a draft set as well because we really want to support the draft format too. So, um, you know, just for example, like that's something that we really have a passion to support. So, so would that be would that be a separate set in its entirety then? It's going to likely be alternate art reprints, but then combine new stuff mm -hmm. and then probably splash in new things. So hey, if gotcha. you want these new cards, you gotta get the draft set too. Gotcha. Cool. Um how many do you know how many I assume you know <laughs> how many cards are gonna be in a pack? What's 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 a one booster pack gonna look like? One booster pack. So this was from our sample print run. Beautiful. Um They'll be similar to this, not exactly the same. These tear tabs, they're not great. Um, but in general, the, the pack quality was solid. Nine cards per pack. You get, um, make sure my uh, numbers are right, you get five commons. Okay, five commons, two uncommons. Mm -hmm. Your eighth slot is always a foil hit. So it can be common, Ooh. uncommon, rare, epic, um, iconic rare, which is an alternate art to the epics. A legendary or the alpha rare. So I any of those can be rares. in the eighth card slot. And then the ninth card slot is a rare. It's always a rare. And then one in, uh, when we did the sample run, it was one in three packs, uh, was a foil hit. 
Now we're looking at maybe doing one in four packs as a foil hit as the ninth slot. Okay. okay. How did you guys come to the um, the different rarities? Um, what what was what were those conversations like? Because I, I I assume like being like heavy into card games, like those I feel like those conversations really have got to be like heated almost. <laughs> but what were <laughs> what was that like? Yeah, I mean, there, it was definitely a conversation. My inspiration was, hey, you know, when you play just like any RPG, it's white, green, blue purple, orange, right? Yeah. As kind of your, you know, standard rarities. Uh, I want to do that. You know, I, I, I want to go back to, you know, I loved playing dungeon crawlers, you know, Diablo and all these, and just, it just feels, I don't know, very, you know, gaming oriented, um, staying true to, you know, the, the roots of that. Um, so that wasn't too big. And so what we also did on the cards is the crystal at the bottom. Mm-hmm. The color of that also says the rarity. So if it's white, it's common. If it's green, it's uncommon. And then if anyone's colorblind, it actually has like the, the, uh, like common or uncommon in the bottom right of the card too. So, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and then also for card color. So if someone is, was colorblind, they're like, I don't know what color this card is. It'll say what color the card is in the bottom right. Um, but yeah, in terms of, you know, naming the rarities, uh, I would say the, it, where it got more dicey was epic, iconic, rare, legendary, and alpha rare. You know, sure, common, uncommon, rare, easy conversation. Right. All right, now let's start to lobby and discuss why should it be, you know, epic? Why should it be <laughs> legendary? Why should it be, you know, why not super rare? Why not mythic? Why not, you know, um, you know, it, why not an alpha rare is this one or, you know, whatever. So, uh, you know, just fun conversations that you don't think that you would think are just, you know, fast where it might take you a week or two to figure out, you know, through, through conversation, you know, Mm. what we all feel is best. Yeah. So, so you, you touched on earlier, um, you know, the feedback you got a lot was, you know, uh, different, but familiar, like, was that like a, a thing that you guys kept in mind throughout when like designing the game or did that just kind of happen, um, throughout the core, uh, th- throughout the design? Like it wasn't something you really thought about in the design. It's just, that was all the feedback you got. Is that kind of how it was? Or did you actively yeah. think about that? No, it, that was the feedback that kind of led like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. It, and you can see it does have roots and familiarities from a lot of other games. Right. Um, but you know, people really, I I mean, I, the people that flock to it the most would be magic flesh and blood and dragon ball. They seem to be the most receptive, um, with those three. Um, but yeah, it it was just, as we opened up the the play testing, when I went into, um, there's a comic shop that's awesome. It's called mayhem here where I'm at. And, um, you know, when I walked in kind of that same story, Hey, I've got a comic series and a game. And, <laughs> yeah, okay. And I say, Hey, I'd love to just show you the game. Uh, and so they tested it like, okay, yeah, this, yeah, pretty solid. Uh, and so we got more people. I said, Hey, can we, can we get more people? And so what they did is they brought in, you know, a small group of, of magic players, magic players tested it. They said, okay, this is, this is really fun. I said, Hey, can we do a game night? And so what happened was the next week, then we went from four to eight and then it was during like Pokemon league. And, um, then the next week it was 16 and then we were dwarfing like the Pokemon league. And then people were like, man, I like, 
I want to keep playing. Um, but what was really cool about that is we were doing play testing. We were getting feedback in the moment. Hey, what, you know, what's working, what's not, what's too overpowered. What's, mm-hmm. you know, so we had some internal play testing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was just the, the continuous feedback where people were just really excited. And I can tell you that that's energizing for, for me and the team is when you go to these places and you have people test the game and they're like, okay, yeah, like I'm into it. You know, we did an event at Game Castle um, just a couple of weeks ago and we had, you know, 30 players over the course of seven hours, you know, continuing to play the game, wanting to do it uh, and a lot of excitement there. So we're going to be doing another event um, there, you know, after that. So, you know, again, it's, it, it really is the same feedback. Oh, you know, it feels familiar, but it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's new. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite character in the universe in the Alpha Class yeah. universe? I love Magnate. And the reason why I love Magnate, he was my first character that I even thought of. Hey, this is, you know, this is who I think of when I think of the story. And then, you know, we built the first sketch and I said, Hey, let's change the color scheme. And then, um, you know, my, uh, my buddy, he, he nailed it, you know, exactly what was coming from my brain. He got it. And so, um, yeah, I basically, when I created Magnate, I said, okay, if I could have powers, what would I do? And I basically just, that's what Magnate is. Mm. So in this universe, like everybody's super for the most part, right? Kind of. So what happens is the first set, it's called The Awakening. And I mean, within the first few pages of the book, there's an event called The Awakening that happens. The progenitor, the progenitors, which are like the gods, um, they kick off what's called The Awakening, which is this guy. He, he pops up right at the beginning of the book. Okay. launches this cube and then all of a sudden people just start turning into alphas and and not everyone becomes an alpha but if you do become an alpha you have the pull and you have this urge to fight against other alphas but everyone is evil there is no good alpha mm. so okay okay yep. all right and then, so me- it, it, i was just gonna say basically they're they're duking it out until there's only so many that remain and then basically it's on to the next phase. I got a, I got a good I got a good quote for you, okay? When everyone's alpha, no one's alpha. Okay, that one. <laughs> just reminds okay. me it reminds me of uh, like when everybody's super, nobody's yeah. super. It's That's like if every yeah. every card in the game is broken, then it's then, a then perfectly I'm, balanced game. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> you need Everyone to use has. that quote though. You have to use you that quote. Please okay. don't. <laughs> We can work it in. Um all right. Um, so one other question that I got for you. So, um, so we seem to be in a familiar slash similar space to when we, to the early, excuse me, the late nineties, early two thousands, right. Um, in in regards to the, uh, TCG and CCG space or just the card game space in general, like back then, you know, you had a lot of these companies, just everybody was coming out with a, with a trading card game or a card game. And a lot of them were just opportunists, right? They saw, they saw an opportunity to make a quick buck, right? A lot of them were bad. A lot of them were bad back then. So many. But now it seems like we we're almost in like a card game, like resurgence, like a TCG resurgence, um, if you will, like, have you sensed something similar and, 
And, and, and how does that kind of like impact you guys as a company um, at, or in the creation of uh, an indie TCG, if, if you will? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, there definitely is like a resurgence and, um, you know, there are a lot of card games that are popping up. And so, you know, how do you stand out even as, you know, you have goals to become a major competitor, but like, how do you stand out when a bunch of new indie ones are starting to pop up too? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, that was something that really happened just throughout the pandemic. And it was really just funny timing where for us, it wasn't thinking, oh, let's take advantage of, you know, this market shift. It was, hey, we've got a really cool idea. And we think that that, that right. there's a good time. You know, there right. seems to be a lot of interest just in trading cards in general. Um, but yeah, it's there definitely is a lot of card games. Um and so basically what we're doing is we're actually not really focusing on what the competitors are doing. We're just right. trying to focus on, Hey, what do we need to do to be successful? Right. Um, and so, right. you know, that for us, what I always told the team is if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. Yeah. It needs to have the top tier artwork it needs to have the best gameplay and it needs to have an actual strategy that can be competitive. We don't, what we don't want to do is, you know, do one set per year or just kind of have a rollout strategy that is not viable. Um, we need to look at, for us, looking at flesh and blood was kind of the roadmap saying yeah. they came out of nowhere yep, and they made a great game. Mm -hmm. So how do we follow the same path and, or a similar path and learn from what they did and maybe try to, you know, get our foot in the industry? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like in in the '90s, early 2000s, there just there was a lot of games that came out, and a lot of them were bad. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, it, yes, a lot of card games are popping up, but a lot of them are good. Like, there's a lot of good ideas. Yeah. There's a lot of good ideas. The execution is there, um, and there's just and. And like there's starting to be market saturation a little bit. Mm -hmm. And as as a as a card game player, honestly, I'm all for it. Like I think this is awesome because we've I mean, we've kind of seen something similar, again, going back to the nineties and mm -hmm. early two thousands, right? But now it's just like you've got a lot of good options. Yep. There's really not a lot of bad ones out there. And Alpha Clash just seems like one of those. One of the things I really love, the artwork. The artwork looks top notch. I am a fan of, I mean, you've got like all the cards, are like full art cards. And like, I think the best thing you can do to draw a seasoned TCG player in is be like, hey, we got full art cards. <laughs> 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 was that, was that intentional or was that just like, you just wanted the cards just to look awesome? Cause they do look awesome. I'm not going to lie, Ridge. Yeah, uh, no, thank you. We actually wanted full art cards you know i didn't want them the magic the gathering like portrait style um yeah. even though that's what i grew up with for me i just thought you know after playing dragon ball it kind of opened my eyes to oh there's more space on the card than yep. you know you, want <laughs> yep. you really thought yeah right yeah right. And so yeah when we designed the card um like the actual card designs Mm -hmm. it, it took us about three months to figure out what exactly yeah. we wanted. Okay. You know, talking as a team, okay, it needs to have these, you know, um, elements for gameplay, but it also needs to be aesthetically appealing. So how do like we balance all these ideas and make it, mm -hmm. you know, there. So that's how we got to, you know, the card frames that you see. Uh, it was about a three month process. And so, mm -hmm. um, but you know, with that, it was always full art in mind. Mm -hmm. Cool. 
So one of the things that's part of the gameplay is uh, any card can be used as a resource, mm-hmm. um, which <clears throat> I'm a huge fan of. Um, I think I don't think any new card game anymore is using the land type mechanic of you have certain cards in your deck that <laughs> have to be can only be used as resources. Yeah. So I like the fact of any card can be used as a resource. Um, one of the things that's part of that is you've got a specific spot on your board that's basically like your resource row. But those resource cards, um, if it's a card that's used as resources, it is turned upside down. Um, what was the thought process there? Basically, to help the your opponents know what is in you know certain areas. So, some players they might get a little you know sloppy or whatever, and kind of spill over into you know different areas. So if it's they upside would never down, do that. <laughs> they would never do that. Come on, right? You know, you have somewhere that very particular, <laughs> particular it has to be just like this. Um, but if it's upside down to me, um, oh, okay, that's definitely not in play. Like, oh, is that in your, is that weapon a resource or is it in your accessory zone? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, so yeah. especially if they like stack them up and, you right. know. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, one of the things that I like about the uh, layout of the card, um, and I'm assuming this was intentional, but the I think the cost of the card and the color is like in the top right corner. So then when you turn it over, that's now in the bottom left. Mm-hmm. And so what a lot of what a lot of card game players like to do, myself included, is like your lands or your resources. You kind of stack them. So like you have those 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 colors are like sticking out at the bottom left mm-hmm. portion. Um, I'm assuming that was intentional, right? Yeah, it was, you know, what's funny is, um, when we had done that, you know, you're thinking of all the different things that people would talk about. And, and just recently someone had brought up like, Hey, did you think about putting this stuff on the other side? Because if I'm right-handed and I'm looking at my, you know, cards, the way I fan them out, you know, it, this favors more of a left-handed design than a right-handed design. So, you know, we kind of had to balance all these things and you also are looking at, okay, what do competitors do? Do you want to, do you want to do something different? or the same or a mixture, you know, it's like, uh, there were a lot of things, but, but yes, that was definitely one thing that was taken into consideration. So, so now that the Kickstarter is over, uh, where can, where can, if people want to pick up these cards, how can they get their hands on the cards? Well, right now, um, there's a few options. The, The secondary market has pretty much all the promo cards that you could be looking for. If you're just wanting to collect or anything like that, um, you know, that's really where you're going to be getting that. Um, two, do you also have backer kit backer kit is coming up in the next mm. week. And so if you missed out on the Kickstarter and you're thinking, you know what, I want to get in on the starter decks or booster boxes or anything else, you can actually, you know, this is your chance. It'll open up for a couple of weeks and people can place orders. So it's really just an extended period of time for the Kickstarter. Um, and so there is still that second chance, um, coming up. So if you miss, if you miss out on, you know, getting promos or the backer kit, we have something called the ambassador program. The ambassador program is something that we're going to be launching in March tentatively. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to send out um, ambassador kits to people that apply to it, uh, to the program. So it's not super exclusive, you know, apply to it. And um, what we want to do is build up ambassadors in areas. So if you have an LGS that you mm-hmm. go to where you have LGSs in the area, you can be that point of contact for all things Alpha Clash there you're going to work on building up your you know community getting people excited teaching them how to play the game how to get plugged into the community like discord and social media where they can find more stuff 
um, you know, telling their LGS, you know, all the things that we've got coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so those will be demo decks. So demo decks will get sent out uh, and we'll be sending out a bunch of demo decks, um, you know, starting in March. And then, um, then comes the launch of the game. You know, if I can push it to April, I will, but it's looking like it's going to be May just for manufacturing and shipping timelines. Right. And then from there, it's just, you know, should be able to get it pretty much anywhere. Cool. Well, I'm excited. Like when uh, I, before, before I really got turned on to the game, I, I was just seeing ads everywhere. Oh yeah. Same. <laughs> right. <laughs> so whatever you guys did in marketing, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But we right. saw, I saw ads so many places. And finally, I'm just like, okay, fine. I will look <laughs> at this card game because it got to a point. I'm like, just enough. I'm like, just stop. But I'm glad I looked. Because, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Because the game looks awesome. Yeah. It looks a lot of fun. I'm excited to get my hands on some cards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited. I think, I think, Ridge, I think this game looks awesome. And I want to get it in front of me so I can mm-hmm. get my hands on the cards and just shot, play yeah. so we can play like right here. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. So, um, all right. Well, we are, we're going to move on. We're going to move on to our next segment. Okay. One of our favorite segments. It's the card of the week. Honestly, I don't even know what number we're on. What card of the week number on, but that's okay. That's okay. 86. It's not that far. Uh, Not Not that that far. far. Now, uh, Ridge has been so kind to, uh, tell us what this week's card of the week is. We don't know what it is, but we, I'm, I'm interested to know Ridge. What is this week's card of the week? We're looking at Pokemon base set. Okay. Okay. All right, we, we already OD. got this. One. Okay. No, it's okay. No, but he, but, but it's, oh, I think, is, 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 yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's not Shadowless. No, it's not Shadowless. No, it's okay. not Shadowless. Okay. No, this, okay. yeah, unlimited. Um, yeah, this one so was beautiful. picked up ironically. So I went to the game store. I, I'm building a Pokemon collection for my kids. They're too yeah. young to even know that that exists, but right. that's just something that, you know, I think would be super fun if they're into Pokemon when they get older to right. start off with a pretty cool collection. Um, so, uh, yeah, after running, you know, the event at Game Castle, you know, the game manager came over and said, Hey, I know, you know, you're, uh, getting Pokemon. I just got this card in. And so I walk <laughs> over and I'm like, all right, I'm, I just have to have it. Like you can't <laughs> not get the Charizard, you know? Right. So right. hopefully my kids are as excited, uh, in the future as I was in you know, third grade. And what, now, what, what does your set look like so far? How many you got? Oh man, um, I would say it's it's looking pretty hefty for a starting collection. It's it's sealed a sealed collection so far. So what I do is every time we go to like a Target or a game store, I buy sealed products. It could be just a pack or a box. Right. I just throw it in a box for them. Um, in gotcha. terms of singles, pretty much all you um, Mewtwo's, Charizards. Um, you know, it could be old, it could be modern, it could be yeah. Pretty much oh, anything okay. that I think looks cool is, you know, okay. doing that. So I was, I was actually going to ask, I'm like, are we talking about for singles of just pure old school cards from like base set to like team rocket going into like maybe generation two as well with Neo uh, dynasty or Neo Genesis. I forget exactly the name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or are we also talking about a lot of newer things as well? Yeah. So I would say, yeah, base set through Neo revelation is, okay. is, um, a lot of that. And then also uh, a lot of the modern stuff too. So if anything just catches my eye, it's like, Oh, I like that. That looks cool. Um, <laughs> you know, like a hidden face Charizard, right? Yep. Just, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Gotta get that. So yeah. yeah, that's, 
And then if, if I happen to see anything at like a convention, you know, I just think, okay, yeah, let's add it. Mm-hmm. Cool. But, but uh, you know, for me, Neo was like, you know, I think I was in sixth grade at the time when mm-hmm. Neo was first introduced. And at the time it was, I was a huge fan. So, you know, mm-hmm. Neo cards, definitely. Neo Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, I, I think, I think, I think when anyone thinks of Pokemon, they immediately, their mind immediately goes to either Charizard or uh, Pikachu. No, okay. Don't be. You got to remember. Head. All right, I'm a real fan. Okay. okay? So we're a your, real fan. Okay. So what does that mean? My where head goes to go? Generation Three, Generation Four. Okay, that's where the real Pokemon players go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> shots, shots fired. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, um, Ridge, thank thank you so much for uh, picking out the card of the week for us. Um, but you know what, Ridge, can you tell, tell everybody where, uh, where can people find, uh, you and Alpha Clash online and where can they follow the progress of the Alpha Clash universe? Alpha Clash TCG can be found at Alpha Clash TCG on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, if you search Alpha Clash TCG on Facebook, you'll find us there. Um, on those, we also have our link trees. The link tree will take you to the discord server, um, the rule book, the website, it's pretty much your hub for all those other things. So, um, yeah, it, getting plugged into any of those social media outlets or outlets in general is, you know, where you'll find us at alpha clash TCG. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Ridge, thank you so much for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to this game. This game looks a yeah. lot of fun. Um, and you know what, guys? We can't wait for you guys to get your hands on some of the product as well. So, Rich, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Hope to talk soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Again, that was a lot of fun, dude. Yeah, it was. That was a lot of fun. Um, I, I, this year is starting off awesome. Like, that interview with Jake was so great. Oh, yeah, but this cool. was a lot of fun, too, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm excited for this game. I'm excited. I really am excited for the universe. Like, mm-hmm. I'm the type of person, I've talked about this before. Like, I get into a game not because of the lore, not because of the story. I get into the game really because of the gameplay mm. and the game mechanics, which I think are there. They're 100% there for this game. But honestly, the lore looks really, really, really cool. Yeah. You know what? Like, I'm interested in your take with this. I think nowadays if you if you put superhero in the lore, then it's going to sell well. Would you <laughs> agree with that? Like, Ooh, I doubt that I was know. I doubt that was like an intention, but yeah. again, because he just had that idea, yeah. he had that creative spark, and it was like this would be a good idea, and he had to write it down. Yeah, I don't know if I would necessarily say that if it's or is it just so much that DC and Marvel are so big, yeah. so it's like whenever that's a part of a thing, it's right. just instantly something. But I don't know how it is when it comes to like indie companies yeah. with superhero stuff. That yeah, not yeah. really a part of that scene. Right, right. So it's hard for me to say. Yeah. Yeah, it's just something I kind of am interested in and kind of somewhat noticed. But I mean, the superhero genre really has taken off over the past decade mm-hmm. or so. So um, it's just nice. To, it's nice to see a a, a game, not a game, but just a, a, a universe in which I'm actually interested in these characters. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, right? Yeah. You, we have talked about the boys, right? We have yeah. Homelander, all of that stuff, and then the Invincible Invincibles in- Invincible series. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. So like yeah. those two, but then there's also an anime called My Hero Academia. My Hero, yeah. Right? And yeah. that's, I mean, that's superhero stuff. Sure, yeah. they're superheroes in training. Right. But you're going through all of their lives and, and right. stuff. So, and yeah, that has I, a TCG too. Yeah, it, it does <laughs> it now. Does. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess, I guess superheroes are kind of just been popping off recently. Yeah, they really have. They really have. So uh, again, I'm just interested and really excited to dive into this universe mm-hmm. and this game. So, all right. Well, before we get out of here, Jim, where can people <laughs> find you on the internet? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Jim Morgan HNH. You guys can find me on Instagram at Daniel.G.Campbell and on Twitter at underscore DG Campbell. If you head over to our website, www.hobbiesandhappiness.com, find links to all of our social platforms there. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, everything um, where we're most active is Twitter. Um, if you go to Twitter, it's at Hobbies and Happy. That's where you can find our account. <laughs> so, yeah, check out all of our stuff. Don't forget, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. really helps us out on the channel. Mm-hmm. And, again, thanks, everybody, for being here. A lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the podcast, excited for next week. So thanks, everybody, for being here. We'll catch you in the next episode. See you, everybody. Take care. Thank you.